This week, something that came to us from the submissions desk. It's a whodunit. The tale of a man who loses his best friend in a horrific murder and becomes the prime suspect. This is a spooky one, but well worth your time. We're playing Faith McQuinn's Boom, and this is Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom. Faith McQuinn is a writer, director, and teacher. She's an adjunct professor of film at Middle Tennessee State University and the Art Institute of Tennessee. In 2015, she founded Observer Pictures, a production company that has made two short films, and now this audio drama series. McQuinn got her MFA in film production from Chapman University in Southern California, and eager fans will recognize that Casey Wayland of We're Alive fame is also an alumnus. In an email, Faith told me that We're Alive was one of the first audio dramas to really inspire her to create her own show. Boom, a serial drama podcast. I'm starting to get the feeling that beyond We're Alive's long-lived popularity, that show and Welcome to Night Vale are functioning as these incredible encouragements to creators. It's like what Brian Eno said about The Velvet Underground. Only 30,000 people bought that first record, but every one of those 30,000 went home and started a band. And in the case of We're Alive and Night Vale, it's more like several million people bought that first record. What I'm trying to say is this is a very exciting time. So, Boom is a drama about an explosion and its aftermath. And if you spend any time looking at the website and its blurb for the first season, you'll know right away who dies. But let me just throw out a content warning here, because even though it's called Boom and you know what's coming, there are elements of this first episode that are alarming and unexpected. No jump scares or anything, just, you know, murder most foul. We're going to be playing episodes one and two of Boom. So here, now is episode one of Faith McQuinn's Boom, First Date. Observer Pictures presents Boom, a serial drama podcast, written and directed by Faith McQuinn. This is episode one, First Date. It's 4.30 on Friday at Music City Computers. The office is modest, just another space that sits in a strip mall. As per usual at the end of the week, all the technicians are in the office instead of on a call. Porter, a rather ordinary-looking man of 28, sits at his desk. One of his co-workers, Connie, sits across from him, packing up her backpack. Got any big plans this weekend? I'm going bowling tonight. That sounds downright fascinating. Date? I think so. Mmm, now I'm intrigued. It's with Jen. Jen. Jen? Yeah. Genevieve. Yeah. And you don't know if it's a date. Well... Porter, this is fantastic. I mean, not that you don't know it's a date, but that it might be. Harry, Porter's going out with Jen tonight. So? On a date. Wait, what? My man, you finally grew some balls. (laughs) Thanks, I think. Oh, my God. You have to tell us all about it on Monday. I mean, as long as she knows it's a date, too. (laughs) (laughs) If my limited memory of bowling in college still stands, 
I think I have a chance of beating you. <laughs> There's a chance. And I thought I was rusty. <laughs> Still my game. Not so fast, hotshot. I might pick up this spare. Maybe help a girl out? You don't need my help. Humor me. Okay. This is a pretty easy pickup. You just need to line up your foot with the pins. Like this? No, no, more like this, there. Now just keep your eye on the ball. Who suggested bowling again? Pretty sure that was you. All right, next time, remind me not to. Next time? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, we could invite some more people, if you want. Don't hurt yourself, Porter. I'd love to have a next time. You want to bowl another round? Nope. I'm hungry. Let's grab some food and make this a proper date. <laughs> huh. Could I get a water, please? Sure thing. How's work? Good. Steve is still trying to talk me into going back to school for my law degree. You should. Maybe. But I kind of like this level of responsibility, you know? I just, I work my hours and get to go home afterwards. I guess that's true, too. Here's your burger. Oh, thanks. What about you? Any juicy client stories? No. A little slow lately. <laughs> What the hell, Porter? What? We've known each other for like 15 years. This is the first time you haven't been talking my ear off. Sorry? I'm still me. I know. Then stop being weird. Okay. So, what took you so long? What? What took you so long to ask me out? Even though I'm not even sure you did that exactly. I guess you did. Hey, Jen, would you like to go bowling this Friday is kind of like asking me out, but not really. That's not what I said. Hopefully you're a little slicker with the ladies than that. Funny. I thought so. This felt different, though. It was definitely different for me. It's a good difference. Yeah. had a great time tonight. I thought you might laugh or something. What do you mean? We totally laughed tonight. No. Why it took me so long. To ask you out. Why would I laugh at you? I don't know. Do you want me to walk you up? No, I'm good. I mean... Now who's being weird? Sorry. Do you want to come up? I'm pretty sure I have some of that beer you hate. That's cool. Probably a good idea to just call it a night. Breakfast tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. I guess I could come up. Porter. <laughs> Nine work for you? Nine what? Nine in the morning. Breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nine's good. I'll see you in the morning. See you in the morning. <laughs> so there, Connie. She knew it was a date.
Oh, Porter, if you were going to text me, you should have just come up. What was that? Hello? I have a knife, do you hear me? And I I'm calling the police! Jen, I'm here. Jen! I'm, I'm coming in. Hope you're decent. Jen, did you hear me knock? Are you ready? Sorry I'm a little late. Of all the things Porter expected to greet him this morning, this was not on the list. Genevieve, with her brilliant red hair piled in a loose bun on top of her head, sits up very straight, arms in her lap. Tears run down her face, and her entire body trembles, because strapped around her torso is a vest with a neat bundle of wires attached to small square gray packs. A suicide vest. Jen, what the hell is this? What? I'm so sorry. No, you didn't. He was here. In the apartment, when I got home, I, I can't. I just woke up here. I wish I could have called you, but I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm sorry. Sorry. Stop saying that. Who wouldn't let you? Who did this? I can't. But now, I have time to do things I love while Roby does the work for me. Genevieve can't remember much. She'd been fighting through layers of consciousness for hours. She woke to find herself on the sofa with the television on, her hands and feet bound, no strength to struggle. He was crouched in front of her, holding her phone, a ski mask covering his face, his focus on the task at hand. I know who you are. Why the mask? What do you want? Did you get me? Attachment is made of state-of-the-art Sherlock fibers, which grab I, I, I can't think with the damn TV. Don't touch the remote. Please just don't change. Don't change anything, Porter. Please just. I'm calling the police. Okay. Shit! No signal. Must have lost. Jen, I'm gonna have to go outside to call the police, okay? Okay, okay, that's good. You, you should go. Only for a moment. Porter, no. You need to go. This, this is my fault. You shouldn't be here. No, I'm not leaving you. Porter, you need to go. You know who did this, don't you? Genevieve, tell me. I won't let him hurt you. You can't be here. Go, please. Jen, you're my best friend. I love you. I, I love you. I would never leave you like this. So, I'm going to walk outside and call the police, or, or the fire department, or whoever the hell can get you out of this. Less than a minute, and I'll be right back. Give me your hand. You feel that? 
That's me. I'm here. I'm not going far. I'll be right back. I swear. I'll be right back. Join us again next week for another episode of Boom. This episode featured the voices of Garrett Delosier as Porter, Charity Spencer as Genevieve, Paige Delosier as Connie, David Hiller as Harry, and me, Michael R. as the narrator. Production sound, Matthew L. Hankins. Assistant director, Amanda Lorraine. Sound design, Joshua Sui. Original music, Brian Irwin. Editing, Faith McQuinn. Sound mixer, Michael Bowers. Production assistant, Delilah Ferrer. Casting, Courtney Edwards. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information on the show, including a full list of cast and crew, and where to find us on social media, please visit boom.observerpictures.com. Thank you for listening. That was episode one of Boom, and uh, there's the boom. Let's let's take a quick moment to recover, to gather the breath. <sighs> okay, back into it. Now, what's going to happen to Porter after this explosion? What will he remember? And can he help bring Genevieve's killer to justice? Let's find out in episode two, Aftermath. Observer Pictures presents Boom, a serial drama podcast written and directed by Faith McQuinn. This is Episode 2, Aftermath. So at 4.45, I kid you not, Ben walks over to my desk and throws down a stack of papers at least two inches thick. I need you to go through this for my case Monday morning. <laughs> Who the hell does that? As if it hadn't been sitting on his desk all day. <laughs> Wait, is Ben the Fred Savage looking guy? No, that's Elliot. Ben is the new guy who thinks I'm his personal secretary. I've set him straight. Did he do the paperwork? He did the paperwork. <laughs> uh, uh... Are you going to eat the rest of this? Oh, go ahead. So, do you have plans Friday? No, you want to do something? Well, yeah. I was thinking we could go bowling, maybe? Who's all coming? Uh, just you uh, and, and me. Oh. All right. Sounds good. Got a pole. Twenty-eight-year-old male in an explosion. Possible collapsed lung. BP and O2 stats unstable.
Jen! Jen! Take it easy, Mr. Owens. You need to lie back down. <laughs> Who are you? Where am I? You're in the hospital. I'm Charlie, your nurse. You were in an accident, Mr. Owens. Porter, I need you to lie back down. We don't want to pull out your IV. What happened? Let me get your doctor. I'll be right back. Go ahead and lie down. Porter lies staring at the ceiling, trying to figure out how long he's been here. His vision is a bit blurry. He raises his hand to feel his face. It's swollen and numb. There is something in his arm. An IV. His left leg is in a full cast. There are bandages tightly wound about his head and torso. He can just make out familiar voices in the hall. He tries to sit up, but the pain is too much this time. Porter! Oh, dear God, you're all right. Mom. Oh, God, oh, God, I'm sorry. Look at you. I can't believe you're all right. He's hardly all right, Hannah. Dad? It's good to hear your voice, Porter. What are you two doing here? We came as soon as we could. You were in a coma. I was so worried. <sighs> How long? Three days. Je- Jen, Genevieve, is, is she... Oh, Porter, <sighs> let, let's not talk about that right now. <gasps> Mr. Owens, it's nice to see you fully back with us. I'm Dr. Dill. How are you feeling? I've, I've been better. I would say so. You have two broken ribs and three cracked. That's why moving around probably doesn't feel so good. You broke your left femur. That was a clean break. But your tibia was a compound fracture. And that means the bone broke through the skin. We reset the leg, and it should heal nicely. We were mostly concerned about your head injury. You had cerebral edema, brain swelling from the fall. You were breathing on your own, but you were in a coma for roughly 30 hours. You've been in and out of consciousness since then. Do you remember anything? Fragments. (laughs) Well, that's all right. Memory loss is common. If everything checks out, you'll probably get to go home soon. Of course, you'll need someone to stay with you. We'll be here for as long as he needs us. Good. That's good. Physical therapy is going to be a must, Porter. We may have set that leg, but you won't be able to use it for a while. You'll be in a wheelchair for a few weeks until your ribs heal properly. Okay? How long before I remember everything? Well, some patients never do. Sometimes it can all just come back or trickle in. It's really hard to say. Is there anything I can do to... You know, make myself remember. Um, well, uh, sometimes just a familiar voice or associated memory can trigger other lost memories. But you shouldn't focus on that right now. You do need to get better, all right? I'll come back and check on you soon. Just get some rest. I remember crying. That's all I have right now. I remember her crying. I don't want that to be the only thing. <laughs> Can you guys tell me what happened? Did the police, anybody, tell you anything? We, we don't have all the, the details, but... We don't uh, need to talk about that right now. You need to rest. Mom, don't. <laughs> Go ahead, Dad. We, we, we don't have all the details, but the... Uh, 
the explosion threw you down the stairs, and that supposedly saved you. And Jen? <sighs> of course not. I mean, I'm, I'm no. so sorry, Porter. She, uh, she said he. I think, uh, I think maybe she knew who did it. I should have stayed. I should have, I should have stayed. Maybe, I, maybe I could have. Sweetheart, sweetheart. It's going to be all right. It might not seem like it now, but it will be. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm Detective Haley. Is there a chance we can speak for a few minutes? Now is not a good time. Of course. Of course. But, Porter, if there's anything you can share right now, Can this I... wait? Mom. Dad. It's cool. Can you give us a minute? Are you sure? It's fine. I'm fine. Detective, I'm... I'm not exactly the most reliable right now. I... I can't remember much. That's all right. Just whatever you can remember will be helpful. Can you tell me about that morning? Well, we were gonna have breakfast, and, um... And I, I got there. She was... I don't remember exactly, but... The TV was very loud. She was, she was crying. She was very, very upset. I, I think she told me I shouldn't be there. And she said something about he. He said I shouldn't be there. He who? I, I don't know. I just remember her saying he. I, th I think, I think she knew who did it. Okay. Anything else, Mr. Owens? What about the night before? We, we went bowling and ate dinner. And I took her home. And she went up to her apartment. I went home. Did you talk to her after that? No. Well, maybe. Not, not that I can remember right now. I'm sorry. I don't think this is working. Okay. This is a good start. We can speak again when you're feeling better. Thank you, Mr. Owens. On Thursday afternoon, hours after leaving the hospital, Porter sits in a wheelchair in an interrogation room at the Metro Nashville Police Department. The room smells of stale sweat and burnt coffee. It's brightly lit and cold. Detective Haley stands in front of him. He didn't notice the first time, but now he sees that she's tall and muscular, and probably intimidating if need be. Right now, Porter doesn't find her intimidating as much as he finds her annoying. So, before that morning at the apartment, the last time you'd seen Miss Reynolds was the night before? Oh my God. Yes, I drove her home. How many times do I have to tell you this? You were on a date with Miss Reynolds? We went bowling and then got dinner. So yes... Yes. I, I have no idea why that matters, but yes. Did you talk to her after dropping her off at home? Again, I remember that I sent a text saying goodnight, but no, I did not technically speak with her. 
Did you see her go into her apartment? How much longer are we gonna be here? I'm due for my meds. I just need you to answer the questions, and then you can go. I have answered your questions, every one of them. Today, and at the hospital. Why am I still Calm here? Calm down, Mr. Owens. Did you, or did you not, see Miss Reynolds go into her apartment? No. I didn't wait until she went to her apartment. Do I wish I had? Yes. Do I wish I'd just parked the car and walked her to her door? Definitely. But I didn't. She got out, I started the car, and I went home. Straight home? No, I stopped at a gas station down the road. And that's when you texted Miss Reynolds? Yes. Did she answer the text? No. Did you find that odd? A little, but it was late. Maybe she was getting ready for bed and didn't see it. I, I don't know. You seem to be remembering far more today than you did at the hospital. My doctor said that I might get more memories back. They've been trickling in, especially when I went back home. You live alone, correct? You already know this. So no one can verify if you were home between 1 and 8.30 a.m. Again? No. You said that you didn't go up to her apartment. Why not? What? Why didn't you go up to Miss Reynolds' apartment? You were on a date. You two were old friends, known each other since... since high school. This wasn't your typical first date. Did something go wrong? No. So why wouldn't she invite you up for a nightcap? Or something more? <laughs> oh, I get it. You think I did it? Did you, Mr. Owens? No! I told you there was a guy. Someone she might know. Plus, why would I blow myself up? You didn't. Have you seen my wheelchair? I beg to differ. <laughs> Maybe you messed something up. Maybe the bomb went off early. You said you had to leave to call for help. So because I wanted to call for help, I'm guilty now. Wow. There wasn't a phone to use? No, detective. Jen just had her cell, and I told you that I couldn't get a signal. <laughs> okay, so I did it. What's my motive then? You've been interested in Miss Reynolds for years. Obsessed, maybe. She finally gave in and went out with you, but it didn't go as planned, so you... So I snuck into her apartment, drugged her, and strapped her with explosives. Then I come back later to pretend to help her? <laughs> yeah, that seems legit. How did you know she was drugged? Because I was there! I saw her! Okay, okay. Fine. Let's just move on. What's your degree in, Mr. Owens? Engineering. Specifically? Mechanical engineering. What is it you do for a living, Mr. Owens? I'm a computer technician. So you build computers? <laughs> yes. So, would it be hard for you to build a bomb? Technically, no. Technically? I'm not a pyrotechnician. My exposure to bombs is watching speed too many times. Do you know anyone who could make a bomb? So now I have an accomplice. Just covering all the bases. You've been questioning me for over an hour. I think your bases are covered. Then help me out. Who do you think did this? I don't know! If I knew, I would tell you in a heartbeat. But it's someone she knows. Knew. Someone she knew. Did she say that? No, but she said she wouldn't let him hurt me. When did she say this? I don't, I don't know. After I called 911, I think. Okay, but you said your phone wasn't working. I'm, I mean, after I tried to call 911. 
We've been in here for over an hour, Mr. Owens, and you're just now telling me this? I told you about her knowing the guy, but the specifics, it's all a little fuzzy, you know? Supposedly being thrown down a flight of stairs, we'll do that to you. Can you think of anyone who would want to hurt her like that? No, no one. All of our friends are pretty low key. I've met nearly every guy she's dated. No one stands out as, hell, how would I even know? Isn't that your job, detective? <clears throat> okay. Now I've told you everything. And unless you're arresting me, I'd like to go home and take exorbitant amounts of painkillers. Please stay close to home, Mr. Owens. We may need to speak again. No problem. I have nowhere else to go. Join us again next week for another episode of Boom. This episode featured the voices of Garrett Delosier as Porter, Charity Spencer as Genevieve, Wendy Keeling as Detective Haley, Stephanie Hall-Weedan as Mrs. Owens and Nurse Charlie, Peter Aylward as Mr. Owens, and me, Michael R., as the narrator. Production sound, Matthew L. Hankins. Assistant Director, Amanda Lorraine. Sound Design, Joshua Sui. Original Music, Brian Irwin. Editing, Faith McQuinn. Sound Mixer, Michael Bowers. Production Assistant, Delilah Ferrer. Casting, Courtney Edwards. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and consider giving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. For more information on the show, including a full list of cast and crew, and where to find us on social media, please visit boom.observerpictures.com. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about Faith McQuinn, her films, and this podcast, check out her website, Faith McQuinn, that's faithmcquinn.com, or observerpictures.com. This episode came in through our submissions page at radiodramarevival.com, so if you've got a story to share, send it our way. We get lots of submissions, but we can't always reply to every one of them. But please know that every single one is appreciated. If you would like to send us dollars, please do so. We have a PayPal button on our website, radiodramarevival.com. Anything you can contribute helps, whether it's a dollar per month or a dollar per show or, hey, let's get friggin' wacky here, maybe two dollars per month. Our theme music is Danger Digidoo by DJ Stranger Danger, whose music can be heard on SoundCloud. Our line producer is Matt Boudreaux, the king of the Cumberland Gap. Our interview's producer is Detective Inspector Eli McElveen, who has solved a dozen murders but can never seem to get a decent cup of coffee around. Our researchers are Heather Cohen and Monique Boudreaux, who run a juke joint on 4th and Broadway. The chicken's hot and the beers are cold, and man, who could ask for anything better than that? Jesus, I want to go back to Nashville. 
Our executive producer is Fred Greenhalge, who lives in a house in the woods with his family amid the chirping birds and the bleating goats and unicorns, presumably. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome.